0: Welcome to The Kim Doyle Show. I'm your host, Kim Doyle, and I am super excited to have you with us today. This podcast isn't just about digital marketing. It's about creating a business and a life you love on your terms. I'm here to explore how you can harness the power of email marketing, newsletters, content marketing, and even artificial intelligence to create value and serve your audience in a meaningful way. And remember, this is all about you. This journey is all about finding fun, effective, and enjoyable ways to engage with your audience, build your brand, and grow your business. On this show, you'll hear from me in solo episodes where I'll share my experiences and insights, as well as conversations with successful entrepreneurs and creators who have mastered the art of digital marketing in unique ways. We'll share their stories, strategies, and case studies to inspire and educate you on your own journey. So, are you ready to turn digital marketing into a fun journey that brings real results to your business and life? Let's do this together. Welcome to The Kim Doyle Show. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Kim Doyle Show. This is the first official episode of September. And, gosh, guys, last week, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I cannot believe it. We're in September. But that's all right. And I got a little teaser taster of fall this past weekend. Um, out of the blue, sort of had this rainy three-day weekend. And it actually got cool enough that Sunday, my dad and I were like, ooh, let's build a fire. <laughs> it got too hot by the end of the day. But You know, it's probably in the mid 70s or something like that, I would say. And I think we're going to hit 80. But this is how summer should be exiting for what that's worth. Anyway, I am very excited about today's episode because I found some really cool stuff that I want to share with you guys. And before we even get into today's episode, I have to do a, I don't know if it would be a public retraction, correction, I should say. Last week, I mentioned the uh, Facebook ads gal that is phenomenal. And I called her Laurel Portier. It's actually Laurel Portier. Uh, I just hadn't seen the little accent and for the life of me. I cannot remember what that's called over the E. It is Laurel Portier and she's phenomenal. I consumed a ton of training this weekend with her. Um, but so that's my my public apology and correction on her name. And that being said, let's dive into it because she is a big um catalyst for today's episode, actually. So today's episode is a 115 and we are talking about reframing content marketing and social media. I don't know about you guys. Reframing content marketing and social media is something I have to do occasionally. <laughs> Otherwise I think I'd lose my mind a bit. Not to mention, you know, it 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 changes. It changes quickly, frequently. Algorithms change, platforms change. They get bought, and they become much less appealing uh, to support the owner. <laughs> Talking to UX anyway. <laughs> um, neither here nor there. Um, I I just I need to do this. And the nice thing is, I find that when I'm at this stage where I'm really needing something, a pivot, um, a, a shift in mindset or attitude about the consistent work that needs to be done to grow and scale an online business, inevitably an article, a person, a training, a book, something shows up, you know, that when the student is ready, the teacher appears. I definitely believe in that. Uh, But before we get into reframing, I just want to do a quick little catch up with you guys. And again, still cannot believe it's September. I've been back in California for eight months and it's like, wait a minute. I feel like I just got here and it is what it is so she since i will get to go back to costa rica next month for almost a month i'm looking forward to that um and then i get to come back for all the fall feels and this past weekend was labor day weekend in the states like i said it actually felt like fall and i have to tell you yes i am that pumpkin spice girl i've publicly declared that many many times but i really am looking forward to soaking up all the fall feels, for lack of a better explanation there. Um, I did miss it. I missed it in Costa Rica. And as much as I say, you know, I just want to go back and forth, back and forth, half the year here, half the year there, following summer, whatnot. Um, But it's funny, because the well, it works out in a way, because the nice weather here, summer and into fall, which I truly enjoy, is rainy season in costa rica so i'm hoping we will get some sunny days for our retreat attendees if you've not signed up we do have a couple spaces left if you're interested it's ignitemastermindcr.com if you want to join us this is a very small intimate group and this is our beta run at uh, a retreat in costa rica it's a business retreat but go to that url again it's ignitemastermindcr.com if you want to check it out anyway um yeah. So I, I'll i be there mid-October to early November. And then I get to come back and enjoy the holidays. That's what I'm telling myself because I, like I shared with you guys last week, I'm on a mission to make sure that I get the, the time off that I've blocked off, that I really set myself up and created a structure and a schedule and a system sort of for running my business that supports those times, I want to spend more time with people I love. I want to spend more white space. Spend white space. I don't know if you can do that, but spend more time with just white space in my calendar. Um. Anyway, so yeah, you guys, I I fully got into it though last weekend. Like I said, we did a fire, got a couple pumpkin spice lattes. I had the pumpkin candles <laughs> burning. I'm just, I, I'm, I don't know, you know, it is, it is what it is. But like I said, that was a fall teaser. The sun is back, which I also love, and. I think, like I said, it'll be maybe 80s by the end of the week. And um, yeah, I nothing beats feeling present and enjoying wherever you're at with whatever you're doing. So as much as I enjoyed that little fall teaser, I was very happy to see the sun and see the blue skies and, you know, be able to open the windows again at night. Not too many, not like we were doing, um, because I am close to the Sierra. Mountains here Nevada mountains, um and so it definitely gets cooler at night it It does snow here on um, uh, much to my dismay, I should say, anyway, all right, so one thing I did for myself over this past weekend was spend a good chunk of time to go through some training I've invested in. Is it me guys, or d- even though we're making this investment in ourselves and we know. It will help us improve a skill set or learn something new, you know, focusing on mastery or doing something from an implementation standpoint that maybe you haven't done. In my head, it still isn't work. Isn't that goofy? Because it is, right? And so anyways, I'm I'm definitely working on reframing the time that I block for training because it's imperative to my growth and what I want to create. So like I said, it was Laurel Portier's $7 Facebook ad strategy program. And I seriously cannot believe the value of this course, you guys. Um, I can't do uh, the, um, I can't do screen sharing, but I highly recommend, uh, I do have the link in the show notes, so I will check those out for you. Um, Check those out. Sorry, you guys, I, I don't know what's going on. There's something very strange that somehow, as I'm recording, let me just double check here. Yeah, we're all good. I'm not touching a thing, but out of the blue, Siri kicks in through my desktop. Isn't that strange? I mean, I know Apple, everything connects, but the problem is I have have Siri set to an Irish male voice. And so it's like all of a sudden it sends me sideways. So I apologize for that. Anyways, but again, Laurel Portia's $7 Facebook ad strategy program, it's gold. It is absolute friggin' gold. And I'm like, why would anybody ever leave this? (laughs) She does live training and you can ask, it's just anyways. Um, But through that, I picked up Joel Irway's power offer workshop and it's 27 bucks because um, it was recommended in Laurel's program. And I'm going to talk about some of the stuff she does. And again, I'm not going to go into depth sharing what I'm doing. I will on the back side of it when I have uh, put more of this stuff into implement, Im- implementation. <laughs> put stuff into, listen to me. What is this? Until I've implemented. I don't put things into implementation. Oh, for the love of you guys. I, I'm not even that tired. I don't know what's going on. Anyway. Um, but one of the things she did, because she talks about a power offer and she, she recommends Joel's course because it's his methodology. And she says, he'll do a better job teaching you what a power offer is. And so much that I gained, gleaned, I should say, from both of these trainings that I went through. Like I said, you guys, I probably spent five hours to have it. Well, this is going to be for the video, which I'm going to get these up on YouTube pretty quickly here. But so I am just one of those people. I do way better. So I must have taken, where are we at? Excuse the finger looking there. But I don't know, six pages of notes. I just remember things better when I take notes. Um, but obviously I'm not here to teach someone else's proprietary training, but I'm going to reference it and hopefully give you an understanding of what it is so that you can start thinking about your content in social media differently because this is what this has done for me. It's totally reframed things for me. Um, and I just have to say first and foremost that Laurel Portier is a breath of fresh air. She's no nonsense. She's incredibly smart. She's very generous with her time and knowledge. And she's also made me think of advertising in a whole new light. Like every time I thought of Facebook ads, um, and I've always wanted to try YouTube, but I'm like, no, I'm gonna master Facebook and Instagram. It was like, oh God, okay, now I gotta become this like data uh retargeting sort of analytical brain person. And that's just that's not how I roll. And That being said, she teaches it in such a simplified manner. And I'm not going out of order, guys. She has something. Do I even have it open? Let me pull this up because I do want to share. And um, hold on, I'm pulling this up, the um, program right now. She has a whole onboarding element when you log in. And this is what she has you go through first. Um, Okay, here we go. So there is a start here with a handful, a couple videos, but then she it's, there's something called get ready protocol. And there, you guys, I've only gone through three of the six. Um, I have started to go through the power content ads and stuff. Anyway, I don't want to go sideways, but I'm just telling you, if this is something you want to learn and understand this, I have yet to see anything that makes it this accessible and this easy to follow. And, and just anyway, but that being said, um, the angle in which she's made me think of advertising in a whole new light is that she talks about driving traffic, paid traffic to content for validation. Amanda Bond does this also. Um, and so when she started referring to power content, I was super intrigued with the training. So let's talk about um, reframing content marketing, because I think a lot of us, I don't know about you guys, maybe I shouldn't speak for a lot of us, but for me, I keep thinking, okay, I have to do long form content and then repurpose it and get it out there. Now, with the content creators planner, the first planner I did, we thought, why aren't you creating content based on your business goals, which I've always believed in. But it's amazing how simple it is to get away from the stuff That we feel is right. Anyways, I'm going off script here. So let me try and stay focused. Let's, what we're going to do is I want to start with reframing content marketing. Um, obviously I've always been a huge fan of it and I would say it took me a while to find my groove and it was probably podcasting that, well, not probably it was the podcast that shifted everything for me. But once I did, I fell in love with the process and mastery because writing out the podcast, my solo shows just helps me get so clear on the message. And I take my time and I enjoy the writing. And I I just I really get into this, this flow. And it's, I don't know, it's kind of feels like a treat. And um, so that was a big game changer, right? And a lot has changed over the years. I started podcasting in 2013. And obviously, with AI, it's going to continue to change. But I'm here for all of it. And I'll uh, I'll tell you that I was reading an article this morning that there th- this is something I hadn't even thought about. But if AI is trained on content from the web, this is gonna get a little meta, but is if AI is trained on content from the web and all of a sudden there's mass, massive quantities of AI generated content on the web, what Does the quality of that content become that AI produces, right? So I, I, God, where was I reading that? I don't know. I'll try and find the article, but saying to the point that there will probably be coming, becoming, there will probably be a shift coming where we see the pendulum swim, swing. (laughs) What are we 10 minutes into this? How many times have I tripped over my words? The pendulum swing to the point where Google and search, all of them are gonna reward authentic content that's not generated by AI, so it's gonna be interesting anyways, but in a conversation uh, with my good friend Jason Resnick last week, I told him how frustrated I get with SEO and keyword research. like you guys, I get it. I don't enjoy doing it at all, but searching for keywords to rank in Google and then creating content around those words feels ass backward to me as an example, I talk a lot about email marketing and newsletters, right? You guys know, I love it. I do it. I believe in it. But if I were to go search up keywords for email marketing that I think that that are based on search intent and what are people looking for, it's so, it's like email marketing analytics, email, email marketing data. It's, I'm like, oh geez, it frustrates me because I feel like I probably wouldn't talk about that stuff or the way I would talk about it. And so I I feel like I'm trying to force something. You know, if I want to do an in depth post specifically for search, that's one thing. But as a general concept, it, like I said, it just feels incredibly forced to me, especially because I'm a personal brand. So I think people expect an element of my personality to come through. And so here's a great example. I did. I've done one post where I've, gone pretty in depth with AI in terms of bullets and headings and stuff, but I wrote the content. But it was the what was it? Um, the eight, it was something about like the eight unspoken benefits to AI that no one's talking about. And the angle that I took on that was, you know, you forget how much you learn when you're working with with say chat GPT. As an example, let's say you want to write a sales page with chat GPT. I have a PDF that is uh, Stephen Fry, I believe, and it's the 12 points to a foolproof sales page. So when I go in, I give all this context about the audience, the offer, et cetera. And then I say, please help me craft the sales page using this framework. And I do the 12 points. It's like, get attention, um, identify the problem, all those things. Right. So what happens when you use, like I pulled a framework into chat GPT And so as I'm working through this process, I'm seeing and I'm connecting the dots as to, oh, this is a feature versus a benefit, or this is where I'm going to inject scarcity or, you know, whatever copy terms you want to pull with. So you do learn a lot. Anyways, that post was like 4,500 words. And I used chat GPT to help me structure it and frame it. I wrote it out. I created images. I created my own terminology and all the stuff. It was great. I probably could be promoting it more, but, you know, I think I got so excited about AI and the possibilities. I got a little sidetracked there for a bit, but I don't, I'm not pivoting my business to be teaching it. I like to teach how to use ChatGPT to do the the work you need to do, which is like copy and sales and frameworks and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, another post I did, this is all off script, by the way, guys, so bear with me. But another post that I did was why I happily chose Beehive over ConvertKit. And I'll tell you that that post gets more traffic than the other one. Now I'd have to look, I don't know that it's necessarily apples to apples in terms of, did I create a a sharing, a social campaign for both equally, you know, to that degree, but the post that I wrote myself, eh, I think it did better. Anyways, I did not go in and look up where I could have now, mind you as much of a fan of beehive as I am, I guess I could have gone and done my own, you know, Beehive review post. And I know there's a gal that does SEO and she makes good money off of her review for 2023 of Beehive. So I don't know, guys. I just I I kind of go into resistance when I feel like I have to use language that isn't language I would naturally use. So shooting myself in the foot, maybe, but we'll see. Um so when those things feel forced, I always come back to the fact that I want to write relevant content that I want to create, first and foremost. So is this relevant? And do I want to create it, right? I don't want to go look for stuff to create. Because this is me, this brand is me. And so if it's not, if it's not content that I would naturally use to talk to speak to whatever, it just I don't know, it feels very backwards. And I live by my core content value. And I have shared this before. This is my core content value when it comes to anything I create is that I want people to feel better for having consumed my content. More specifically, the three elements of my core content value are that people are going to learn something, they're going to feel inspired, or I'm going to connect with them on a deeper level, like at that heart-soul level, right? That maybe it's a personal story or a tragedy to triumph, um, a behind-the-scenes learn, lessons learned, that kind of stuff, right? And so this is always my intention when I create content. The thing with creating content based on keywords for a personal brand is that you may solve one specific problem. Let's say you're doing a how-to content, which I did a ton of that as the WordPress chick. So you do you solve this problem for someone who is searching for the solution you've provided. But that doesn't mean they're interested in the content you create that isn't quite as tangible. And so you can really screw the pooch here if you get stuck in this search intent, how to solving problems. Because they, they're, you solve the problem and now they're going to bounce. Here's an example. Um, I, I think I, I don't know if I showed this, whatever, but I had joked with my dad when I got back here. I said, I think I'm going to get a little Walmart pool for the backyard. And he's like, well, maybe go research. So he ended up, it was huge sale, got one of the big above ground pools from Costco. It's like 12 by 22. It's huge. Anyway, the, it came with a, um, It's like a solar mat that the filter runs through and then it pushes, it sits in the sun and then that pushes the warm water back in, blah, blah, blah. So there's that. Well, I, the instructions that came with the pool, it it was, they were shit, right? So I was like, okay, there's gotta be a video on YouTube showing me exactly how to do this. And the same thing with even the filter, like the guys who set the pool up showed us everything, but I whipped out my handy dandy label maker and we labeled everything because I'm like, I'm not going to remember that this is that. So I go to YouTube, I search for the video on how to connect the solar heater to the filter and everything. Boom. I watch the video. He solved my problem. I don't think I subscribe to his channel because I don't need to. <laughs> he solved my problem. So that's what happens when you create content based on keywords to solve a specific problem. And then the sort of generic informational stuff, it's like, meh. So That's where I just get really frustrated with this. Anyway, so then Jason shared a recent video and a post by Rand Fishkin of SparkToro, who was also the founder of Moz, you know, SEO, and it validated all of this for me. I was incredibly thrilled. And it's a five-minute whiteboard video with transcripts. I've linked to it, and it's on SparkToro. So you can Google this or go to the, the post, and it's watch or read. It's why the worst search marketers start content strategy with SEO keywords. And basically, he's saying the same thing. He's telling you that your content should be created based on business centric goals, not keywords. You know, so I would assume that all of our businesses, regardless of the niche category, whatever, the goal of your business is to make the sale to convert the customer to get the lead, right? And I know that that's, you know, that surface level, of course, you want to provide value. Let's just can we just assume that's all. Assumed and unspoken, right? You want to solve problems for your customers. You want to help people. You want to serve all of that. But at the end of the day, you have to be profitable. You have to get the sale. And so if you shift <coughs> how you approach your content from that perspective of, well, you know, I shared this last week and fixed something. So I talked about the Spark Collective. I will probably do a bonus episode talking about Spark Collective. I've got a workshop coming up at the end of the month. It's a community for women. And the whole piece behind it is I need the content that I create from now until then to get people interested in showing up for the workshop. That's what it needs to be. What is my goal? It's to get people registered for this workshop. So that's what I need to start creating. So all of a sudden, to me, it pulls out this huge barrier. You guys, like there's all these um, SEO, AI content writing platforms, tools, you know, you've got, um, my God, what's it called? Julia McCoy. Oh, I'm totally drawn a blank. And I'm not talking like Jasper and ChatGPT, but where they're really created specific growth bars one. Ah, I'm totally drawn a blank. Anyways, apologies. They're, they're great, but those are based on search and Google and keywords. Now I'm sure there's a way to do both, right? But I don't know about you guys. you guys. I just don't have the time. I don't have much time. Right. Anyways. And again, that was the whole purpose behind the content creators planner and now create it. The new content planner. It's like, start with your goals. Where do you want to be in a year from now? So I want you to map out your business goals for the four quarters and then break it down into 90 day increments. You know, can I just get an amen on all of this? Because it just feels so much more. One, it's way more appealing to manageable, right? I, I am not, Anyways, I won't go sideways. I keep going off script. We're going to be all day. I also follow Jessica Stansbury on YouTube and I'm on her list. (coughs) Excuse me. She has two channels and the second channel is under her name. This is brand new. Her other channel is called Hey Jessica. And she's, I don't know how long she's had it, but um, she's got 200,000 subscribers on the channel and she, she launched a new channel so that she had more freedom she wanted more freedom with what she created. And I think she has other people creating on the Hey, Jessica, now she's got a team, but she did a lot of how to with digital marketing and products and YouTube, she's got a YouTube course and all of that. But then all of a sudden, that's all people want from you. So if people come to your channel, and they get to see the personal side, the stories, the, the interviews, the information, like the behind the scenes. So it's much more of a personal brand. And it was Erica Schneider and Casey Jones. I think they they're driving home this idea of a personal platform versus a personal brand, which I really like. Um, but anyways, I thought it was brilliant. And, you know, shifting this, she's, if you if you're going to create a YouTube channel, which I'm going to be revamping mine, you guys, I'm waiting till I've got a handful of these episodes kind of all in the can and I can get some consistency going that I don't have to be like chasing it for the next week. But um, there's going to be more than just podcast interviews, or how to do this, or just conversations with I want to do behind the scenes. And, you know, I don't know that I'll ever be a blogger. But my goal is to step into that. Anyways, if people are finding you based on search intent, and that you solve a specific problem, they're going to be they're they're not going to be sticky, right? You're not creating a sticky experience where they want to come back for more. And those are my words, not Jessica's. So my take on all of this is what I have always believed. You are the differentiator with your content. It's not because you know how to follow formulas and frameworks or that you have great SEO, your personality, your perspective, and your unique take on things is needed, right? Like there's no such thing as a new idea. Obviously, we're going to see a whole bunch of this with AI. But you know what I'm talking about when it comes to principles and strategies, it's how you make that work for you. And the more of that you do, the more of your right audience is going to be drawn to you. I really do believe in that, like a track, like a track slide. So, you know, some for some people, this might be a little fear inducing. Do it anyway. You guys, it's I, when did I, so I started podcasting in 2013. What made it much easier? One is, I, I was a speech major for a while in college. I've shared that I wanted to be a motivational speaker at one point, truly. Um, and so I enjoy doing this thoroughly, but even so when we all start hearing our own voices, it's like, is that what I sound like? You know, fortunately for me, I'd started recording my sessions with my therapist a couple of years before I launched my podcast. I'd gotten really used to hearing my own voice and, you have to learn to get comfortable with the discomfort. I don't know why as adults, we don't give ourselves the same graces that we give children. We don't expect children to get things right out of the gate, right? Like right out of the chute. You wouldn't expect a kid to try something and just do it perfectly well or not be nervous or not be scared. I mean, I remember I was on a swim team, a summer rec swim team for nine or 10 years ever before every race, I'd get this like nervous pit in my stomach, even though I had done it a zillion times. It's all just part of the process. Um, so this is the first piece of my content marketing reframe. And that is that I'm going to do what feels right, I'm going to, I'm going to go back to focusing my content on my business goals and serving my audience and connecting with them based on where I want to not where I want to take where I'm going the direction that my business is heading, and how I can serve people. And I'm going to let go of the hangups that I've had around SEO, because I really, I don't know, sometimes I feel like a jack of all trades and a master of none. And it just felt like, yeah, that's not what I want to do. Anyway. Um, so that's one thing. The second piece was completely and totally inspired by the training that I watched this way, this weekend, excuse me. But this is before we get into the training. I really want you to think of it this way your business goals leads to your content, which leads to sales. That's it. Business goals. Cr- you create content based on business goals, your content creates sales. I know it's incredibly simplified, but that's the point. I think we overcomplicate things. You don't need to um, unless you really love that intricate, you know, you think about people with funnels and email automations, and there's 82,000 branches, and it can go this way that way. Okay, all you automation and just hat tip to you, that will never be me. So the other reframe, the second piece of this was the training with Laurel. So she starts with the power offer, which I mentioned. Um, this is what you're selling and your power content should support the power offer. Like I said, I'm not going to go into specifics because it's paid content and come on, you guys, it's seven bucks, sign up for it. But once you have your power offer created, it's much easier to create your power content, which is what you use to then validate your offer so here's an example of what not to do and then i'll try and give you an example off the cuff here but so jason and i recently learned this the hard way when we offered a black friday cyber monday workshop we did not validate the offer ahead of time and we didn't get enough signups and we canceled the two-part live workshop because we're thinking it's you know there's so much so much traffic online people are planning to buy they 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 save their money, they're looking for the end of the year tax write-offs, all of that stuff. But there are a lot of people in the creator space anyways that just don't want to be a part of it. You know, to each their own. Um and on a side note, I was kind of relieved and I think he was too. I really we both have a ton on our plates right now and I truly feel like this was the universe telling me to stay focused. It was like, "Girl, you got, you know what you're doing. Stay focused." I have been so extremely focused and just staying the course for the past four months at this point now. And I, I feel really good about it. But, um, what I, on a flip side of that, had we followed the power, the formula for the power content and used our audiences to validate this ahead of time, it would have been a no brainer. And again, I'm a little bit floored at How many people opt out to even try just, you know, no judgment. I just think it's a missed opportunity. And I don't think it has to be involved. And it doesn't have to be smarmy. And you could do something as fun as surprising and delighting people that you bundle something for, you know, two things that would normally cost $200, you do it for 97 bucks, and then you give them something else on the back end of that. I think there's a lot of fun ways to do this anyway. But again, I'm not teaching Laurel's stuff, but she teaches you a very specific process for creating 15 pieces of power content. And these are all to be validated on social. So you create the content, and then you spend money driving traffic to your power content engagement, like $5 a day type of stuff. And you start getting the validation, you start getting responses and you start getting, you know, I'm, I'm doing a very quick. Kim understanding of what all of this is, since I've not finished, finished it or done it yet. But how gold is that? Like I was talking to another friend this morning, and he was talking about doing a free community. And I was like, you should check out this power content. Because if you want to validate something before you go to the trouble to do more, find out, you know, and you teach certain pieces. And, you know, a lot of people get into I don't want to teach my premium content. The truth is, you know, people are still going to come back to you to purchase even if you give something a value away for free. Because one, if you've done it live, you know, or it's it's a live stream or just a video you post on Facebook, you're never you know, that quick short three, four-minute video is probably not gonna hold the same weight as someone saying, you know what, I'm gonna invest in the $7 a month membership where I get access to everything. So get out of your hype with that one. But I would say that this this reframe has probably been more of a reminder than anything else. And I think I bought into the hype and the concern about search. AI and SEO in general, instead of trusting my gut. I'm not a newbie. I know the value of the type of content I enjoy creating. So that is what I am focusing on. Hold on. It's time for a little sip of water here. Hmm. Ah, there we go. Where are we at on time? Just do a quick check in. All right. So again, the two reframes is one, let go of the SEO stuff. This This really comes down to, and I'm not saying not to do it. Okay. Hear my heart. Not saying that. But if it's getting in your way, start paying attention to what people are saying, what they're talking about, start engaging with people. And that is the power behind this type of a power content. Um, And then the other piece of that, what was the other piece, the reframe? I'm sidetrack here, but the SEO, oh, business centric, right? So you're focusing on your business goals, create content based on your business goals. All right, Whew, let's move on to reframing <coughs> social. But the last piece I want to talk about is that this new model, so to speak, if I'm not doing it just for search, although I will tell you guys what the podcast has been back on track. This is what the fifth, sixth episode, maybe my traffic has gone up significantly week after week, just through the consistency of publishing. So side note on that. Um, It also means that I have to improve my social promotion, which will tie in directly with paid traffic to content. So I hope you can see how this is all sort of fitting together. Excuse me. So reframing social media. I've said it before. Or I'll say it again. I'm definitely one of those people who has a love-hate relationship with social media. I love it because I can connect with new people, share ideas, be entertained, and learn things. And I hate it because I just don't enjoy the posting or repurposing my own content. You know, Scheduling things is fine, but I do believe the platforms reward you more when you post natively. Not to mention, and this was, I thought this was a great point from Alex Hormozy when he did his book launch, that, you know, when you schedule everything ahead of time, you need to make sure that you also schedule in time to connect and engage. Because if you don't log into those platforms and you've got notifications turned off, you're not going to see that people responded and are waiting for an answer or have given you input, you know, so, (coughs) excuse me. Oh, no, I think I might be getting the hiccups. Slowly roll, Doyle. Um the thing is you know it also feels like a bit of a rabbit hole for me and I know I need to take my own advice and do some entrepreneurial adulting which means you know what <clears throat> you're going to schedule in an hour to engage and then you're going to get off or you're going to schedule in 30 minutes to go hit the different platforms and then you're going to get off um and again I I do believe there are tools that will pull in your engagement into one spot. And I don't know the ninja, the ninjiness, <laughs> nin- injury. I'm making up words, but I don't know what, how algorithms work, but I do believe that they're going to reward you for natively being on the platform. Um, the other roadblock for me has always been that I get way too in my head about short form content. um, for starters, I hate platitudes and absolutes. And, you know, of course, of course, I went to go look for one to share. And it's just, if you do this, then this, and or I hate the unpopular opinion, statement, 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 and it's like, I would not talk like that. So those things make me cuckoo. And the absolutes, if you don't do this, then this if you never do this, then this like bullshit, just stop, stop. Because I'm also going to pull in, the intangible element of we never have any idea what someone else is going through. We all have ups and downs, you know, challenges, trials, times of ease and flow in our lives. And call me Pollyanna, but that hard ass in your face, if you're not doing this, then you're never going to get this. Okay. And I I probably use some of those, right? Because at the end of the day, you have to do the work. Nothing is going to change if you don't change your behaviors and what you do. You could do it fast. You could do it slow. You can do it as intense as you like. Those are, I'm hoping they come across more as facts. I mean, you know, we've all heard if you keep doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. It's a definition of insanity. Anyway, you know, um, I've also spent money on templates for social and I never used them. Again, they don't sound like me. And I keep thinking that these formulas that have worked for other people are how I should be doing things, right? So one example is Justin Welsh. I think the world of him. I've bought his courses. I think he's incredible. I bought his templates. I never use them because I'm like, that's not how I would tweet. That's not how I would talk. Justin blew up a brand doing that because that is innately who he is and it worked for him. And will it work for some other men? Maybe, probably, maybe some women. I don't know. But the point being, is when I see a lot of the templates I've invested in, men write the majority of them. And, you know, I think I'll die on this sword. Sword. Did you... <laughs> sword. I swear it's because I spelled it correctly. I'm going to, oh, I have to leave that in. That was the most ridiculous thing. Um, but hopefully you got a good chuckle from that. I will die on this sword. Men and women connect and communicate differently are hardwired differently. And every single freaking time I've tried to force a formula onto my creativity, it flops. Frameworks, on the other hand, allow a lot more flexibility. And I think the formula versus framework will be an entirely separate episode. And I did pull that from one of the things that Laurel talked about, which I loved. But think of it this way. A framework gives you the blueprint, but you get to select the materials, the process, the time frame, all of it. A formula tells you exactly what Exactly, exactly. Oh, you guys, what is with my voice today? I can't, I'm tripping over every word. But a formula tells you exactly what to do do this and then. And this is where I see so many people struggle and give up. They buy the formula, they buy the templates, the exact process someone else used, they implement it and it falls flat. Creating a long term sustainable business is not just about copying, i.e., modeling what someone else has done. There's something deeper, right? So if you look at let's go back to Justin Welsh, Justin showed up as himself consistently, he created his uh, hub spoke his content flywheel. And what was interesting is when I went through his content OS system, you know, he included like a controversial post or an unpopular opinion. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that, that I wouldn't say that. So I was like, what if I did it this way? And I think it was A positive or a what if statement, which what if it could be easy? What if it could be fun, right? You know, me and my what if up thinking, but you know, that worked for Justin because it's who he is. And so, a formula, you have to be able to dissect how they got to the formula, if that makes sense. So, this thing that worked, you have to be able to say, well, why did it work? And how did he show up? And what you know, what does his schedule look like? That type of stuff. And do you guys remember? I don't know if you saw this. It was a few months ago this year. It had to be this year. Maybe it was last year, but where Layla Hermosy, Alex's wife, had shared her schedule and it was, oh my, it was like migraine inducing for me. There was zero white space on her calendar. It was intense. It was incredibly full. And I just thought, hell no. But guess what? It works for her. And she's at a different stage in her life and different people. So you have to really be able to peel back what's underneath a formula to see what brought them there. And that's why, again, I think frameworks are better than formulas, but I digress. At the end of the day, you must be willing to take a risk and show up as yourself. You truly are the only differentiator. And like Dr. Sue says, no one is or than you. So remember my hashtag, just show up. This is where you start. You start by testing things and doing what feels right for you. And you know what? In a way, bonus that you're going to get crickets at first because then it's like, whew, I can figure this out as I go. And you'll have an idea because even if you get three likes versus no likes, right? That's three more votes for we like this, okay? So you have to be willing to do it a lot just because you try something and stick with it for a month doesn't mean it won't work or it isn't working if you haven't gotten the results you're hoping for. right. All bunches, all bunch of all bunch. Listen to this, you guys. I think I may have to go back and count the most ridiculous things I've said today, but a whole bunch of off script stuff today. But um, let's get back a little bit to reframing social media because I've gone off on a complete nutty tangent. Um, I'm going to do exactly what Laurel says and create the power content. This is 15 pieces of content that I use to validate and test and offer. I will start with 15 because that's what she says to do. But once I have the process down, I'm going to create as much power content as I want and keep testing it and keep testing it. And I want to make sure you understand that primary content is social, excuse me, power content she's referring to is testing it socially. So I'd probably go so far as to say that the primary social content I'm going to create will be power content. And this is that it is specific to organic social to validate an offer. I'm going to continue repurposing my podcast and any videos and writing new content on my site that supports my business goals. And as I figure this stuff out, this is where I can do the look over my shoulder. Let's do a behind the scenes. This is how I crafted this. Always giving credit to where I've learned it and recommending $7 a month. Did I tell you guys it's $7 a month? It's seven bucks a month. Um, But sharing what's working and my first test i think that's the type of content that will inspire and and teach at the same time and hopefully connect with people because just like i share when jason and i were gonna we offered this two-part live workshop with us and we didn't sell enough so we refunded it and canceled it you know that happens to everybody so it is what it is in a way it was a little bit of a time lottery so i'll take that um but all of a sudden, I see a social strategy that makes sense. Finally, as opposed to just posting as much content as often as possible, and in as many places as possible. Right? That doesn't make sense to me. It feels exhausting. And it's the epitome of a hamster wheel, and just being stuck on it. Obviously, you can do the whole, you know, post as much as you can everywhere strategy if it works for you. But I want less time on social media and more time creating, selling and engaging with customers. I want as much of that as I possibly can. And like I said, I truly require a lot of white space and this will, this will all support that. And I'll also say that it's going to do it in a much more profitable way, I might add. So I haven't dug yet into Laurel's $5 a day ad strategy. Like I said, I'm still going through the get ready protocol part of the training, but I have not been this excited about content, social and advertising and probably ever right? I knew I was committed to it because I felt that, frust- that frustration of, all right, this will pour the gas on things for lack of a better explanation. But this feels fun. And I just, I resonate with her. I love how she teaches. I love how real she is. Um, and the results that people are getting just blow me away. Anyway, um, the difference, I would say the difference between where I'm at today versus say five years ago, is not only do I have an even stronger skill set to bring to the table, but my level of focus and discipline has increased exponentially. And remember, we're going to go back to my 10 X is easier than two X because I'm telling you picking just a few things to focus on and also the big Y. And then I came up with another why. The second Y is a year from now. The big Y is three years from now. Um, it's, it has been so game changing. I, I, I cannot recommend that enough. 10X is easier than 2X and or start with Be Your Future Self Now, both by Dr. Benjamin Hardy and the 10X is with Dan Sullivan as well. Um, And I'll say this and I don't mean this to throw shade. I think the content is brilliant and I like Dr. Benjamin Hardy. He's not the most dynamic speaker, but. You know, it's just it's good content, and I I really do like the work, and I, I he he seems like a great guy. Anyway, um, the other piece of this is the stage I'm at in my life, which is all about unapologetically being myself. Gone are the days of worrying about how I come across, whether what I'm doing pleases everyone, and honestly, I'm not nervous about ruffling a few feathers anymore. I'm done. <clears throat> I know who I am. I know what my intentions are. And I know who I'm here to serve. And playing small, playing small serves no one. I needed to get a clean break in there. Playing small serves no one. So, as a reminder of that, on that note, um, I'm going to read the "Our Deepest Fear" by Marianne Williamson. This is not a religious. She says God in it, but let go of that, okay? This is incredibly powerful. If you've not heard it, it's incredibly powerful. If you're hearing it again, as a reminder. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightening about shrinking so that other people won't feel unsure around you. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It is not just in some of us, it is in everyone. As we let our own light shine, we consciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. You guys, it is time to be powerful beyond measure. Lastly, okay, here are a few thoughts to help you think about how to end 2023 on a high note, because why not? We get to choose, remember this, we get to choose how we feel, how we respond to things, and to a certain extent, the work we do. So first and foremost, you have to get clear on what that looks like for you. If you haven't done the exercise of writing a letter from your future self, do it. It is so powerful. Date the letter, December 31st, 2023, and describe how you spent the last four months. I had my two girlfriends do this. We do a twice a month mastermind. One of them, we kind of gave her a hard time. We're like, "Uh, you need a bigger why. And then the other one too, she's like, I couldn't come up with it. I'm like, come up with a big why, you guys. Because that, man, that kicked everything into gear for me. Don't be practical. I want you to dream. I want you to create best case scenario. Make sure to include whatever it is that matters to you. Your time off, any trips or travel, time with loved ones, projects, income, profitability, health. Pay attention. Pay attention. This is, this is the magic part is I want you to pay attention to how you feel as you write this. Really get into that feeling state of having accomplished what you write. When it hit me the last week of August that we were almost in September, I went through my calendar and I blocked off all of the times that I am unavailable. I might be working, but I won't have any scheduled calls and I may set some out of office reminders. I tend not to, but you know, with this trip to Costa Rica for almost a month, I will obviously be working. We've got the retreat there. I have time off over Thanksgiving. And then my plan is to be quote unquote off December 18th through January 5th. When I scheduled all of that in, I was like, Oh, girl, you got a lot less than four months. And so I had to get really focused, right? I, which I am, But all of a sudden, when things feel like they're far out there, it's like, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. It's like, no, you need to get to it a little bit today. You need to get to it a little bit tomorrow. You need to get to it a little bit the next day. Um, So I was like, girl, you got to make this stuff count. Make. I mean, ideally, all of our time counts, right? Um, But I started by mapping out two pages for each, each month. I've only done September. But I went through, I listed three priorities, what my primary focus for each priority will be each week in addition to the weekly tasks like the podcast and the newsletter. And that's it. I just so it was like, okay, I kept trying to think, okay, how can I visualize the last four months of the year? Like, you know, in a perfect world, I would doodle it all out and it'd be pretty and all that kind of stuff. But I was like, okay, we don't have time for that. So I thought I'm going to do two months at a time. And probably mid-September, I will do October, mid-October well, probably before Costa Rica, I'll do November and December. And I'm going to schedule in, you know, that downtime that I really need for myself. But I'll tell you just getting it out of my head and onto paper made it feel much more manageable. Not to mention it was an additional reminder to stay focused because I know exactly where I'm heading. Do whatever supports you so that you are enjoying what's left of this year. Don't Put pressure on yourself, and I think when we you know it's kind of like um well, maybe for those of you who are financial wizards, this doesn't apply to you, but you know it's like it's super fun to look at our bank account when it's incredibly plush when it's a little more tight. it's like, ah, I don't want to look at that tomorrow I'll look at that tomorrow and you know so but when you look at it 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 brings you back to why you're doing this to what's important and what matters, right, and so it is truly. It is, it is truly important to me that I enjoy the journey, not just the destination. So on that note, happy planning. And if you have a different system or a different process, I would love to hear how you're doing this, but be easy about it. Don't take yourself too seriously. Honestly, you know, what was I looking at? Oh, there's a little off script, another side note. And I follow, I almost said Marky Mark, Mark Wahlberg on um, Instagram. You guy's amazing. If you've not seen Wall Street on HBO, HBO Max, it's a, like a documentary series all of his businesses. Like this guy is so structured and disciplined. It's a little bit exhausting sometimes, but he had shared this other young man's account and for the life of me, I don't remember what it was, but this young man, I think he was hit in a as a car accident. He early 20s maybe, and he's documenting his journey. He was told he'd probably never walk again. He's documenting his journey of waking up in the hospital hearing these news finally being able to you know i mean he has to walk with the help of therapists and all of this and it's a few years into his journey and he's getting there and you see stuff like that and it's it's such a reminder that it's just business it's just money it's just none of this stuff is that big of a deal right let's not take ourselves too seriously let's have a little bit more fun let's show up with more heart and intention. And, you know, you've got this, you've got this. Um, that's all I've got for you this week. You guys, as always, thank you for listening. If you've not left a review in Apple podcasts, it would mean the world to me. Um, on that note, I will see you next week. And I I think I'm, I'm thinking of doing a series. I'd love to know your thoughts on this. I'm thinking of doing a series as I implement the power content and power offer, maybe a four part series. So that would probably, hmm. I don't know. We'll have to see how that works. And then I have to figure out how I'm going to be recording in Costa Rica because I'm not bringing the whole mic kit and caboodle thing. Anyways, I love you guys tons. I appreciate you. Have a fantastic rest of your morning, afternoon, or evening. And I will catch you next week.